If you're hearing talk on the Internet, you're listening to TalkZone.com. Wow. Thank you for that. TalkZone.com. You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. My goodness, I read a survey a couple of days ago, Keith and I did, and we were very surprised, and then not surprised, actually, as to the results of it. This is a Pew, P-E-W, forum on religion and public life that was released just a few days ago. Uh, the sheer scope of this was pretty amazing. You know, usually when they do... Um, uh, surveys and what then polls, there's maybe a sampling of a thousand people, give or take. Right. Uh, in this particular case, the Pew folks, uh, uh interviewed 35,000 adults to document the d- diverse and dynamic U.S. religious population. Pew! They, thank you, dear. <laughs> they were, they were adults age 18 or older. And they asked them all manner of questions with regard to their religion. Uh, this is, this is, this is kind of interesting. This is religion oriented, not spiritual oriented. But what's interesting is, you know, Keith and I are bringing to the table a spiritual forum. I was speaking to a lady the other day, uh, with regards to being a sponsor and she says, well, are you left or right? And when I said, we lean right. And she said, well, are you, uh, what was it? She asked if we were, uh, um, secular or not secular. And I said, actually, we're both. And she just flat didn't know what to do with that. What slot do you go in? And, you know, I said, well, we're helping wake up humanity. And she said, to what? <laughs> at this point, I knew that we weren't a good mix. Well, you know, those who are asleep don't know they're asleep. Exactly. And because you're part of a religion doesn't make you awake or asleep necessarily. No. Nope. Religion isn't sort of the point there. But what's interesting about this survey is the uh, direction people are going. That's what I found most interesting. And, you know, you can Google up the Pew, P-E-W, Forum on Religion and Public Life if you want to read all the stats yourself. I'm not going to read them all here. But as I read it all, it was very evident to me the direction that Americans are going. And the direction is is that they're not satisfied with the answers their particular religion is giving them, and they're searching out other answers. Uh, what's interesting is that they say in here that uh, it used to be that in America people would be born and raised a particular religion, whatever it is, and they pretty much stayed with it their whole life and passed it on to their kids who passed it on to their kids, and that's just what it was. You were whatever you were forever, and that isn't the case anymore. Now 
uh, people by the hordes are ch- changing gears, either going non-denominational or going no affiliation with a religion or changing from one branch of their religion to another branch. You know what all that says? That says that people are seeking answers and so far any particular religion isn't providing all the answers. That's what it says. And they think the grass is greener on the other side and then they go to that one and they find it doesn't have all the answers either no and they keep looking and looking and looking you know in our society these days it's getting uh more surface and more uh it's going faster and faster and that in itself creates sort of the personality that doesn't want to sit down to anything it wants to zoom 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 so you know we figure that most of this uh people leaving religions or changing religions it's happening because people are troubled, they need answers, they're not getting answers, they're searching, they're hungry, they're not getting it. And then a whole nother piece is the fast pace of everything and the surfaceness of everything. Who wants to, who wants to go to church? So there's several things going on here. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. We appreciate you joining us tonight. We are your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Uh, if you'd like to call in for a psychic reading tonight, you can give us a call at 1-800-336-2225. And don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Uh, for us, being spiritual uh, is not with or without a religion. You can be spiritual in a religion. You can be spiritual not in a religion. It doesn't matter either way, however you choose. In our particular case, we are spiritual without a religion. Uh, I, I turned away from religion when I was 15 years old because... Uh, the answers they were giving me didn't make sense to me, and so I just decided to go search out something else, and in the end, I went into an eclectic path. But um, deeply spiritual and deeply committed to Jesus, just not through a religion. So religions can assist your authentic spiritual development. And authentic spiritual development is the big deal. If religion helps that, go. If it doesn't, look for what does. What you're looking for is authentic spiritual development. That, that's the big deal. You know, religion is really, really useful for people who are absolutely lost. They're seeking. They're looking to become better people. They're looking uh, to find a place where they can help and be part of a community. And uh, they would like to uh, be a better people and work with God. That you know, that's exactly what religion is for. And for people that are utterly lost, it's a good place to start. Religion sets its limits in these places, saying they, they are, that each one is the only path. Oh my God. Uh, you can only ri- reach God through their religion or another religion, but you cannot reach God outside of religion. These are very sad stories. Yeah. Uh, saying that you can only communicate to God through a religion, uh, but not coaching you about your guides, your karma, your past lives. These are where uh, religions have limits. You know, I've, I've heard, um, and read, and I'm sure all of you have heard this and read this yourselves, 
where you get around a priest or minister or rabbi or, you know, whatever, any version you want of any religion you want. And uh, they say, well, you know, suffering, you know, we don't always know why people are suffering. You know, it doesn't make sense. And these are the difficult, unanswered questions. You know, it's kind of interesting about our tagline, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. You know, i got to tell you, folks, um, I didn't come up with that. That was given to me by the guides who oversee this show. And, you know, the reason that we're offering sound answers to life's tough questions is because we embrace certain things that most religions, many religions, don't. Some of them do. But when you factor in past lives, karma, and soul patterns, everything that is happening in your life suddenly makes sense. Everything. There just are no mysteries anymore. There are no mysteries to life. And so it isn't like that there aren't answers. And it isn't like, well, how come God is a benevolent, loving God and he's got this child dying of leukemia? Or he sets Hitler on the world. You know, why is this happening? I'll tell you, when Hitler came, there was a massive, massive clearing of karma by all the people. And, you know, the Jews would like you to think it was just Jews, but it was by far just Jews. Out of all the people that were killed, only half of them were Jews. There was a whole bunch of other people, you know, gays and all kinds Uh, of other stuff. that Polish, a tremendous amount of Polish, uh, Russians. Well, all those people that suffered had this... enormous amount of karma that they had building in their life. Now, guess what else happened around the time of Hitler? There was an enormous amount of karmic, uh, karmic concert, no, not, no, karmic um, build-up. Yeah, they, they got their own debt they built up. That's right, a huge amount of people. And we've run into some of these people since that, you know, they did horrific things and now they have to pay that karma. So they built, uh, some of them cleared their karmic debt, somebody built. Huge uh, thing happened right there with karma. Both. Yeah. Both sides. Cleared and incurred. Both sides yep. happen on a huge level. And when you start bringing in past life karma and soul patterns, all of it just falls into place and makes sense. So that's why, you know, with our show, it's spiritual, not religious, because of how many of the religions are not embracing this. They won't let you go pursue past lives. It's kind of, it's kind of an amazing, it's kind of amazing to me. But nevertheless, it's true. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. And if you would like to call in for a reading tonight, please feel free to do so. We're at 1-800-336-2225. You know, I did you want to say something? <laughs> I'm on a roll over here. Well, your religion doesn't walk your path to God for you, and it doesn't. Uh, it, it's not essential to connect you to God. It can help. Only you can walk all of the steps to the promised land. You know, you got to take all the steps. Of course, there's help along the way, but you got to walk it. The reason that we're bringing up this, uh, this survey is because what it really shows is that, uh, that Americans are 
not satisfied with the limited answers they're getting in religions. You know, when we were talking about this, Keith and I, before we uh, started doing the show, you know, Keith was Keith commented about, you know, people will say in another church, oh, I really like my church. And so the person in their head from the other church is going, you know, I'm just not quite as satisfied as I used to be, so I think I'll go try theirs because they're pretty happy. Of course, they bounce over to that one, and some of the same questions that they're disturbed about aren't getting answered there either. And it's because, you know, if you go back to um, Betty Eady, who wrote Embraced by the Light, she spent this incredible uh, eight hours or something equivalent with Jesus out in the heavens during a near-death experience she had. And one of the things that he said to her that she put into the book was, if you combine all the religions, you will then get a glimmer of the truth. A glimmer. All the religions combined, and then you still only have a glimmer. Mm-hmm. And you know, I... I, I utterly believe that that's true. When I look at major religions, minor religions, I see glimmers all over the place. Well, that piece is true. That piece is off. That piece is true. And, you know, if you could combine them all and just take the best pieces of all of them, you still don't have all of it. So now you you come down here to earth and you've got a religion who's saying, I am the truth, all the truth, I'm it. Yep, I'm your way to God, you, you miss me, you miss our church, and you've lost it. You've even got some religions, at least one we know of, that's a total political religion that's right. simply got a political agenda. You know, to me, that's... One, uh, marks up as one of the biggest sins you could do is is uh, pose as a church or something to say you're the way to God. That is so bad, <laughs> so bad. It really is because it's in your soul. It's, it a, is. it's a soul discovery. It's a self realization, <laughs> and a church can help, but it's not your ticket. You're your ticket. You gotta walk it. You gotta face your ego, and you you gotta. You gotta muster up and, and become the be- better person where you were weaker. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. If you'd like to call in for a reading, give us a call, 1-800-336-2225. And don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. I'm rebooting us. Well, welcome back. Thanks for staying with us. If you'd like to call in for a reading, if you have a question, 1-800-336-2225. We're talking about how people are changing or dropping their religions. You know, the truth of it is the path to enlightenment uh, does not require you to be part of a religion, and you can be part of a religion if you'd like. But you don't have to be. It's like some people think, well, if you want to go to God, you got to be part of a religion, and that is utterly not true. God did not create religions. Jesus did not create a religion. Jesus came here and uh, lived his life the way that he was suggesting that we all follow his footsteps, and he gave all kinds of brilliant wisdom, which is right on the mark, and he showed a life where he surrendered to God. And, you know, he's telling all of us that we can follow the same footsteps that he did. 
But it was never in his idea to have a religion, although I'm sure they knew that that's what was going to happen. So, yeah, I've been potently every day looking for the answers since nine years old. I'm in my 50s. And it becomes apparent that my connection to God is inside of myself. So if I listen to myself and and uh, be true to myself and follow through with the higher higher hint of how to be and take notes of you know keep keep aligning that better i find that i dance with life and life dances with me better and better and better it gets more and more merry just just things working very nicely there's a synergy and all that kind of thing and you know, I, I'm a um, I'm a purveyor of wisdom, and wisdom just comes, comes and comes and comes. And I've seen many people that are gifted. It could be anything. It could be a psychic person who sees the future. It could be a a farmer who has magic with plants. It could be a, a, a cook that cooks just the best food, they just, you know, somehow get it just right, and, and your body goes, oh, man, where you been all my life? <laughs> you know, so as you be true to yourself, as you search and find yourself, God is hidden in the most conspicuous place. He's hidden inside of us. And we're looking everywhere else in the world, all around the place for God, this religion, that religion, this religion says I have all the answers. This great charismatic speaker says I have all the answers. This method has all the answers. And they might have a piece of the answer. But I'm telling you, you have all the answer in you, whether you use their pieces or not. If you search inside yourself, you be true to yourself, and um, you look for the discovery and you keep looking for the truth, not maybe what's comfortable for you or for your ego or to fit into what everyone else is trying to tell you. I mean, and sometimes that, you know, what other people are trying to tell you is right on. But if you keep looking for the truth of truths and look for the truth of truths, you're going to find that. Now, to me... And you got to walk the path too. But to me, that's religion. That's the finest religion is you get right with yourself. You get right with life. You get right with the higher inspirations and guidance of life. And you become a more profound center of life, of divine life, that it only can enhance the betterment of all around you. And you can't put that in a box like this religion, this philosophy, or whatever, because it's spontaneous to the moment of what needs to happen. And po- political kind of people are manipulative, man- malip- manipulative. manipulative kind of people. They can slam what you're doing all around the place. Your job is simply to be pure and true and walk it true and display it true. You know, people who are on a true path to enlightenment, and I am talking a true path to enlightenment, they embrace all religions. If you are simply embracing one and righteously believing that it is the only path to God, then you have a big chunk that you're missing because no one religion has it all. And when you, 
when when you use uh um follow a religion to you know um and follow the leaders of a religion without thinking yourself you have also uh, uh taken on and adopted their blind spots as your own so so it's there's, there's a a balance a necessary balance of of a developed person that will trust and will be suspicious and work those out to find the truth you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. If you'd like to call in for a reading with a question, 1-800-336-2225. And don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Stay with us. We have more. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves. Thank you very much for staying with us. If you'd like to call in for a reading with a question, a psychic reading, 1-800-336-2225. People, you know, people moving around so much in religions or leaving religions, they uh, sense that they are looking for broader, deeper answers. They're searching. And I believe part of what they're searching for is the deeper answers that include things like past lives, karma, and soul patterns. They're looking to understand why things are the way they are They are in their life. Pre-birth contracts is another part of it. And I know some of the New Agers, that they embrace a lot of this stuff and they think they have the answers, but the New Agers are often in different ways. You know, all of them are often different ways, and we have to rally ourselves to be finding the truth. Yeah, the key is, are you looking for the truth? And how how sincerely are you doing that? How far will you go to find the truth instead of, well, we'll simply roll like everyone else is? You know, in, in the depths of very sacred religion, you find your finest people, and they, they want to be right with God. And so you, you go past rolling with it, and you go to find out, like Charmaine was saying earlier, you begin to find out the mysteries, what's inside the mysteries, instead of all these people that say, well, the mysteries are unknowable. Well, they're not unknowable. As you keep evolving, you keep understanding the the puzzle. You keep un, unraveling the puzzle and figuring it out. That comes through enlightenment and walking the talk. You know, they predict that this year, and not well before December, that for the first time in thousands of years and perhaps all forever on the earth, I don't know, but they predict as far as they know, for as back as far as history has gone, that this year there'll be more population in cities than out of cities for the first time, 2008. And we're, we're talking about people going, you know, moving out of religions more and more and more. And so here's some ideas of why that's happening, too, just quickly. Uh, there's mixed open cultures in, in cities, uh, not so much in the old village, the small towns, the rural, the long-time cultural tradition areas. Uh, there's more mass media, more travel, more affluence, uh, more people moving to different places for jobs. And you're in this mixture more, and you find somebody who's really happy who is on a different path, you might inquire because a lot of times we're not as happy. So, you know, that's part of this mix also. We have to stop seeking authority figures 
anywhere outside of ourselves to follow and learn how to access guidance ourselves. Learn how to develop and discern, uh, develop and learn how to discern and start learning how to tap the guidance that's coming to you so that you can pursue your path to enlightenment. And we're not saying give up your religion. We're saying don't collapse into it. You know, if you're, if you're part of a religion, that's fine. But don't collapse into it. Don't buy their blind spots. You know, like for instance, my parents when I was younger, they didn't want to keep having kids. They couldn't afford them and they knew it. They just didn't want to have a dozen kids as their religion, you know, taught them to do. So against religion, they went and started using birth control. Smart. Why have a dozen kids when you can't afford them? And there's lots of other versions of that. You know, you don't want to allow your religion to blindside you to wisdom. And sometimes they do do that. You know, then we have the problem of science versus religion or science versus God or science versus spirituality, however you'd like to put it. (laughs) I read this article about a guy by the name of Dr. Morse. And uh, he's been doing studies uh, for some time on near-death experiences. And, you know, near-death experiences are rather interesting. Um, There's no doubt in my mind that people who are having a near-death experience are touching the other side. They're touching the ethereal plane. But that's about where it stops in their similarity because each person who has a near-death experience most surely has a unique experience custom made for exactly what their lessons are in the moment and that varies to the tune of six billion people, six billion tunes. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charme Amber. Your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. If you'd like to call in for a reading, give us a call at 1-800-336-2225. And don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. You know, part of the reason that we don't have many near-death experiences on our show is because of this. Um, most of them are very targeted to teach a person specific lessons and um, they apply to that person and generally the person comes back thinking that that near-death experience applies to everybody and it doesn't. It may apply to other people, but maybe not as many other people as they might think. Well, this guy, Dr. Morris, he's been around this for years. He's seen an amazing amount of people, children. He focused with children who had near-death experiences, and yet he still has this terrible tug in him uh, with the fight of science versus God. Here's what he says. Morse himself wonders more and more about where exactly the boundaries of his inquiry lie. I quote, and I quote, I admit that the older I get, the more important the spiritual dimension of this is to me. I won't lie to you about that, he says, but I'm deliberately holding back from dealing with it. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> because I know that once I cross that line, I am no longer a scientist. Now that is a very, very sad statement. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk in a moment about uh, what Albert Einstein had to say about that same dilemma. 
maybe one of the smartest minds of the century. I don't know. He's certainly up there uh, as a well-known scientist who had quite a belief in God. You know, if you're honest enough, you can compartmentalize these things right, where you know, I believe in all this stuff, but I'm not going to betray the process of science. So you can actually do this. You can be a believer, and you can also be trying to prove the scientific way. You can have two different compartments uh, working on both of them towards the middle, because science and religion will inevitably go towards the middle and meet as one natural explanation of life. He goes on to say, maybe I'm more concerned about my fidelity to science than I am about my soul. And maybe one day I'll come before God and regret it. But for now, I have to go uh, that route. Science is my creed. That's a very sad statement. He goes on to say later, he often despairs, however, that he will never adequately explain near-death experiences. Because, of course, they want to explain it without faith. That's a big problem. That's a big problem. That's a big problem. You know, faith opens to experience. Experience helps produce uh, wisdom. Because if you open your faith up to allow the experiences to happen, which they can only happen when you have the faith that they can happen, it's uh, when you have the experience, then it becomes wisdom. He goes on to say he is haunted by the failures of other scientists, people that are a lot more brilliant than I am, who have devoted their lives to the study of human consciousness, only to end up unable to develop an encompassing theory that holds up to the scrutiny of skeptics. I'll tell you, skeptics (laughs) are faithless often. And that's too bad. He often recalls a conversation he had with Ian Stevenson. A famed psychiatrist and University of Virginia research professor best known uh, for his studies of children from India who recall past lives. Okay, Ian, what's the bottom line, Morse said. Is reincarnation real or not? You've studied it for 25 years now. What conclusions have you reached? It's a gray area, Stevenson replied. That answer stuck with Morse. I've started to wonder if that's the best answer any of us in this field will ever be able to give. It's a gray area. Maybe it will look darker or lighter depending on where you stand, and you'll never get clear. You know, it's kind of an interesting thing, because actually what created science was God. (laughs) So... They want to make it like it's either one or the other, but actually they're very much together. You know, in high school, it was a school of 2,000, and I was one of the top three, I don't know where I was in that, uh, mathematicians. And this is before I really fell from math. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I have a really logical mind. And um, I've been looking for the truth. And in high school, I read the Bible an hour a day to figure things out, and I had higher guidance guiding me on principles of truth. And, you know, this is not what my family did. It's what I was driven to do from within to figure out what on earth is going on. So when I got into college, I began to, instead of read the Bible, I'd pray an hour a day, which was way more difficult. And I saw tremendous results in that. But... 
you know, I'm still looking for truth tremendously. And uh, in the Bible, I get the idea there's no reincarnation, but there's a few little hints there that maybe there is. And um, so I, I uh, start having past lives happen. And I deal with this past life. It's like surreal, like, what is this? And you, you're all of a sudden in a whole different culture, different clothes, whole different personality. But you're in that, and you can see, you know, you're this person back there, and you got this real attitude or whatever. you got this problem. And so I'd see that, and I'd see it real clear, and I would address this personality that I was in the past life and and straighten out the problem and get it, you know, right down solid, it shifted. Then when that past life left and I had the results of dealing with its problems, its ego, its ignorance, this lifetime, that particular problem shifted in me. That's when I started believing in past lives. The mathematical, scientific mind that kept looking for the truth and it started bleeding through and I wouldn't just go, nah, because nobody else around was telling, saying anything about past lives right then. But I was getting my own information. This stuff's true. Look what it did when I went with it, dealt with it, and came back and I'm different. So that must mean something's there. See, that's experience. You open it up with faith and that's what you get. I'd like to read some quotes by Albert Einstein. These are quotes on uh, his belief in spirituality, and they're really quite profound. I utterly agree with this man when it comes to his experience of God. He says, The intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. Wow. Nicely said. So perfect. Wow. He said, we should take care not to make the intellect our God. It has, of course, powerful muscles, but no personality. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you can get in your head like Hitler got in his head really far, but he wasn't in his soul or his intuition near enough, especially his soul, right? And, you know, so it could get very cruel in the head. It can, it can warp things. Whoever undertakes to set himself up as a judge of truth and knowledge is shipwrecked by the laughter of the gods. Do that one again. That's great. Whoever takes to set himself up as a judge of truth and knowledge is shipwrecked by the laughter of the gods. So you can have a piece of it. But if you think you're the cornerstone of knowing it, you're shipwrecked by the laughter of the gods. The most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. It is the source of all true art and science. Albert Einstein. You know, that's discovery. Don't you just love to discover things? You could do this with intimacy. You can do it with a new subject. You can do it walking in nature. It is so uh, fulfilling. The scientist's religious feeling takes the form of a rapturous amazement at the harmony of natural law, which reveals an intelligence of such superiority that, compared with it, 
All the systematic thinking and acting of human beings is an utterly insignificant reflection. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Charmaine, I know this person that's uh, very, 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 very unusually highly evolved. Where did they come from? And where they came from, they don't have water. And Charmaine was asking them, um, well, what do you have instead of that? And he said to Charmaine, Yeah, he said, your, your human mind can't figure it out, can't understand can't it. Can't possibly grok, to grok conceive, it. can't even come close to what we have where I'm from. Yeah. True, and I'll true story you, and true reality, yeah. I have no doubt. Yeah, I have no doubt either. Everyone who is seriously involved in the pursuit of science becomes convinced that a spirit is manifest in the laws of the universe, a spirit vastly superior to that of man, and one in the face of which we, with our modest powers, must feel humble. And he was dealing with a lot of power. This is a brilliant man. All, you know, he's <laughs> Albert Einstein. These are Albert Einstein quotes for anybody who's he, he, He's close this. to the picnic luncheon and a nice park. <laughs> you know, I've got a couple more I'll read when we come back. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves. We're so glad that you joined us tonight. We are your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Hey, check out our website, masteringourselves.com. There's quizzes there. There's a quiz. It's a great quiz. It'll help you on your spiritual path. You can sign up for daily insights. There's a book up there, Steps to Enlightenment, or Check Out the Healings. Hey, welcome back. We're talking about religion and science or religion and spirituality and Albert Einstein quotes on spirituality. i got to read a couple more. These are so good. They're so good. This is Albert Einstein. My religion consists of a humble admiration of the illimitable superior spirit who reveals himself in the slight details where we are able to perceive with our own frail and feeble mind. <laughs> <laughs> now this of course is the great mind of Albert Einstein. You know, it's true, you know, the more you touch spirit, the more you realize the absolute brilliance of spirit. And and you know, you think that there's chaos going on all around you and in fact there is chaos going all around you, but there's this absolute order to the chaos, absolute order to the chaos which is really amazing. Yeah. There is no logical way to the discovery of elemental laws. There is only the way of intuition, which is helping, which is helped by a feeling for the order lying beneath the appearance. And I think Keith just giggled at these last two because they were so good. I googled these up today, folks. They're available. On Google on the internet. I I I giggled when she Googled. That's right. He did giggle. The man who regards his own life and that of his fellow creatures as meaningless is not merely unfortunate, but almost disqualified for life. Boy, I tell you, we know some people like that, and they are really a violation to life. There is such uh, mindless cruelness that comes out of these people. 
They just don't have regard for... It's true. And and I see these same people, they'll have real nasty fights with other people, uh, spouses or whatnot. Yep, they're mean people. Just mean. That's and, true. And this, I know this person that I grew up around, and he was mean. So people who are cruel to animals and that kind of thing, they'll be cruel to people a lot. And it's simply in their mindset, and it's their vibration, it's their frequency, it's what they resonate to. And it's gross. Here's the last one I'm going to read of these, and it's really quite good. And I certainly experienced uh, the universe myself. When I read this, I went, yes, yes, that's it. You know, it's like we say to people that, you know, Keith and I know quite a bit about metaphysics and the ethereal plane and, you know, how life works and why it works this way. And, you know, the more we know, the more we realize we don't know. Mm. And this is a perfect example. Yeah. The human mind is not capable of grasping the universe. We are like little children entering a huge library. You know, think the Library of Congress. The walls are covered to the ceilings with books in many different tongues. The child knows that someone must have written these books. It does not know who or how. It does not understand the languages in which they are written. But the child notes a definite plan in the arrangement of the books, a mysterious order which it does not comprehend, <laughs> but only dimly suspects. You imagine that, huh? You know, you mentioned the library, the Congress library. The library of Congress, yeah. That's right where I went when you mentioned it. Yeah, before. it's true. You're in this round, circular thing, you know, going up many stories with books everywhere. That's just where I went. Yeah. And, you know, we're this little kid that barely knows even one of those books, yep. barely. And that's that's the dimension and the size of the universe and the knowledge. And isn't it funny that we think we're the only ones? Oh, my goodness. And somehow this little kid knows there's an organized system to all this. And it's a whole big make sense in so many directions. And he doesn't even have a clue <laughs> to begin with. Thank you so very much for joining us tonight. We appreciate you giving us an hour of your time, and we appreciate you working on your life. Let's all do it together. Now, come on. You can do it. Stretch into the greatness you are. We love you. Yeah. See you tomorrow.